We are in the book of Colossians. Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul from a prison in Rome to a struggling church in Colossae, which is 120 miles east of the port city of Ephesus. The pastor Epaphras has gone to Rome to be instructed by Paul and go back and teach the church. And while he is there, he unfolds the, the reality of what has happened at the church of Ephesus, that they are a group of people that have faith in Christ Jesus, they have love for all the saints, that the Word of God has gone out from them and it's increasing and bearing fruit, and that they have love in the Holy Spirit. It's a very good report with some issues that Epaphras brings to Paul, and Paul writes this letter addressing some of those issues. But after he rejoices in what the Lord is doing in this church of Colossae, he, he breaks forth in an incredible prayer. And we've been studying that the last two weeks. It starts in verse 9. He says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Spiritual wisdom, knowledge, understanding, application of that knowledge. So that, or so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Man, what a prayer. Paul, Paul prays, I, I pray you'd bear fruit and every good work has increased the knowledge of God. I pray you'd be strengthened with all power for all endurance and patience, endurance being putting up with difficult situations, patience walking with difficult people. As you joyfully give thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the lights. So, so, so as, as I read that, I just thought, this is a prayer that we would not just survive, but thrive. That we would go strong in faith and be filled with energy and, and joy. He, he's not praying, keep a stiff upper lip like the Brits say. That's Lord Crowley from you know, Downton Abbey and another dude with a Union Jack in the back. Keep a stiff upper lip. Just, just hang in there. Just hang in there. He says, no, I want you to be fruit bearing. I, I want you to be enduring and patience, and I want you to do this with joy to the Father who has qualified us to share the inheritance of the lights. And he, he says, I, I want you to be the people of God. And my question is, and the text answers it, what is the basis of this fruit bearing, and this basis of, of enduring with patience, what is the basis of this joyfully giving thanks to the Father? And he answers it. Verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul says in all this, this, this you need to remember this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. We've been bought back, redeemed, redeemed. 
and the forgiveness of sins. So, so the question, fruit bearing with a growth in the knowledge of God, why? You've been delivered. Why am I strengthened for all endurance and patience? You've been delivered. Why am I joyfully giving thanks to the Father? You've been delivered from the domain of darkness. So, so when you get a little older, you've been a believer since I've been a believer since I was 19. And one of my prayers at Christmas is, Lord, do not let me lose the wonder of saying, Jesus is Lord. That in the fullness of time to fulfill all the Old Testament sacrificial system and the promises there and that, that which was planned before time began and the council of the Trinity came to fruition when a virgin gave birth to a baby supernaturally. And this baby was the God-man Jesus and he lived a sinless life and died on the cross for my sins and rose victorious over death and he ascended into heaven and he's praying for his people now and he's going to come back to close history and take us to heaven. Don't let me lose the wonder. Joyfully give thanks because you've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom. I deserve judgment, but, but he's transferred me into his kingdom. I, I should run and hide for shame when I come in the presence of God. Like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. They just ran and hid. I should too. But because of the cross, I don't fear the Father. I cry out, Abba, Father. Just think about that. The judgment that should have fallen upon me fell upon him. I've been redeemed. I should walk in prison garb with the acrostic stenciled here, the South Carolina Department of Corrections. But instead, I'm clothed in the robes of righteousness because of who Christ is as my Redeemer and King. So, so I, I, want, I want to joyfully give thanks. Therefore, I want to be a fruit bearer as I increase in the knowledge of God. Therefore, I want to be strengthened with all power for endurance and patience. Therefore, I want to joyfully give thanks. I love Handel's Messiah. It was an incredible piece of music written over a course of just a few days and it's beautiful. In fact, tonight you're going to hear the choir sing and the glory of the Lord. Right before they sing, oh, happy day. Which is, you know, just, you're just going back and forth. like It's great. It is great. And it's beautiful. And so I, I, I'll turn it on, computer, just listen to it. And so the day I just Googled Handel's Messiah, and it said, it said uh, 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 one of my favorite aria courses is, is, is for unto us a son is given. And it's based upon this verse in Isaiah chapter 9 says this regarding the coming Messiah King. It says, for to us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore. In other words, it's an everlasting kingdom. And so you come to the, I was listening to it, and it said that the Vienna Boys Choir singing 
for unto us a son is given. And here, here they say this time after time, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And, and, and now, Vienna Boys Choir, they're very gifted. Okay? Who, who's Vienna Boys Choir? is a bunch of boys from Vienna who sing, okay? Just deductive reasoning, okay? And, and so, Vienna Boys Choir, and unless you're from where I grew up, and it's not Vienna, seriously, it's Vienna. There's, there's a city, really village close to where I grew up, in metropolitan area where I grew up, and it's called, it's spelled Vienna, but it's Vienna. And also, if you remember growing up, we ate what? Vienna sausage, man. Whoa. That'll put starch in your backbone or whatever. Yeah, we had Vienna sausage, and anyway, the Vienna Boys Choir. And so they, they sang this, they sang this, and, and they're, they're, they're incredibly gifted. They were in Charleston a few years ago, and Sarah and I went to hear them. They're incredibly good. They're adolescent young boys. But when they sang this chorus, they sang it softly. Just, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And I, I, I got nauseated. And so I quickly clicked on the London Philharmonic. You don't sing this song loud with, 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 with brief voice. You sing it with passion. And the timpani come in and the horns and the bassoons and everybody. And, and, and it's wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And I thought, Lord, don't let me lose the wonder. And so this unshakable foundation based upon the incomparable riches of Christ. That's why I just want to cover that this morning, verses 13 and 14. First of all, it is a glorious plan. It's a glorious plan. In 2 Thessalonians, it says this. 2 Thessalonians chapter Three. Paul talks about the mercy of the Lord. And he says, verse 13 and 14. Chapter 2, verse 13. He says, But we ought always to thank, give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits or from the beginning. To, to be saved through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel. So that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this passage. It says that God works in the hearts of people. God has loved people with an everlasting love. First fruits from the beginning. But God calls us to himself through the communication of the gospel of Jesus. How are people saved? Well, God works in their hearts as the gospel is preached. That's how they're saved. That's why we send people to the ends of the earth. That's why we have workers on our campuses. That's why we take it to the neighborhoods. That's why we take it to unreached people groups. But because God works in the hearts of people as the gospel is communicated. It's our responsibility to get the gospel out. 
And, and Paul says earlier in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, he says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is. It's the word of God, which is at work in you believers. You receive the word. that This is God speaking. This is God's message. This is God's truth, I believe. So, so based upon that, there is a prayer guide in your worship folder. And it's a prayer guide for the something called the Lottie Moon Royal Christmas Offering. It's named after a woman named Lottie Moon from Virginia, who was a pioneer missionary among Southern Baptists. She lived in Japan and ministered in Japan for close to four decades. Incredible story. Wonderful woman. She's in China. She died in Japan. Excuse me. She's in China for almost four decades. Uh, it, it supports thousands of Southern Baptist missionaries. It is something that we're involved in. It is something that every person here who names the name of Christ should say God calls people to himself through the preaching of the gospel. And the gospel is communicated as people are sent out. Therefore, I am responsible to use my stewardship in part to help send people out. And so our goal as a church is $350,000. And, and there's, a, there's a prayer guide here. Every, every day of the week, there's a, somebody lists list a cross-cultural worker who's trying to take the gospel out to different places. And these are, all some, these are among our Barnabas partners, which is a group of missionaries that we are vitally involved in emotionally in prayer support and encouragement in many ways. Our missions committee does a great job. $350,000. Here's what I'm saying. I'm asking. Uh, if, if you are in the workforce and you're out of school, you're, you're so gracious in, in your gifts, so kind. $350,000, just as give $350 for every adult person in your home who is working or more above what you normally give. You, you just say, this is what we need to do. Cut back in your gift giving cut back on some of your activity, but give so the gospel can go out. There are millions upon millions upon millions who have never heard the name Jesus. And we believe with great humility based upon the teaching of the Bible that unless you name the name of Jesus, you do not go to heaven. Unless you understand the cross of Christ, you do not go to heaven. It's not based upon works. It's based upon the finished work of Jesus. That's what the churches believe. Since Jesus was here, and, and we stand there. So we, with humility, go. With brokenness, we go, and we talk to people, and we love people, and we communicate the gospel. So $350 per person, adult workers in the home. Now listen to me. Some of you are students. We meet a lot of students in our church today. You say, well, you know, we, we can't. Give up Starbucks for a month. And give that 40 bucks or so. Give up something. Don't go see movies for a couple of months and, you know, do, do the, you know, save seven fifty pop on that, but, but keep a little tally. But everyone here should give. I read an article recently in a business magazine and I felt deeply chagrined. In the business magazine, it said this, it said, if you ever pass a lemonade stand in a neighborhood and you do not stop and give them some money, shame on you. Because they are showing an entrepreneurial spirit and they understand what it means to work. And I thought of the hundreds of times I've gone by lemonade stands 
And that's why I say to young people, do a lemonade stand. And, 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 and take that money and give it to world missions. You know, my, my wife used to make our kids pick tomatoes and go door to door and sell them. That's how we funded our vacations. But we could do that for Lottie Moon. No, seriously. I mean, there's, there's a hundred ways we can make application to this. But be involved. And, and so use this prayer guide. Set aside a time at night with your family or with your roommates or with your friends. And just pray for these particular missionaries. On that, read scripture and just pray. Just spend five minutes. Just say, Lord, open my eyes to these. So, so it, it is, it is a, a glorious gospel as, as we go forward. The second thing in this text, it says that you've been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. Incredible stuff. You've been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. Incredible statement. I think about being transferred. This person represents somebody that's walking deeper and deeper into light or darkness. You see, when you walk with Christ and you submit to the Word and you plead for the Holy Spirit, you go further and further in the light and your eyes get open and your sin is exposed and your, your desires are for the Lord. Conversely, if you're in darkness and you turn your back on the Scripture and you turn your back to the things of God and you Stop your ears to God's voice. You go deeper and deeper into darkness. So there's a sliding scale on both. If you're not a believer in Jesus, you are in darkness. You are. Now, there's a scale to darkness. Many of us have noble-hearted, gracious friends and neighbors who don't know Christ. And, but they're still in darkness. They don't, they don't get the big picture. And that's why I see noble-hearted, gracious People who don't know Christ, I think, wow, what would they be like if they knew the king of glory and they knew the chief end of man was to glorify him and to enjoy him forever and they walked in accord with the scripture? How much more would their life sing with joy and reality? So, so, so you have been, I have been delivered from the domain of darkness just stop and you go, I could have gone here, but I didn't. I could have gone there, but I didn't. I could have gone there, but, and it leads to destruction, but I did not go there. Why? God hemmed you in. You, t- you read the Bible, and the Bible just says do this, and you do it because that's God's Word, and God is wise, and He's good, and He's glorious. De- delivered from the domain of darkness. Therefore, you're filled with thanksgiving. You spend a lot of time with that, but let's go to the third point. How were you delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred by the work of the Son? In whom there is redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption means to purchase back at a price. And the price was the cross. It's the work of Christ alone. I'm going to do something different. So, this is very basic, but I want you to get it. This is a stool. I'll put it right here in case something happens. 
Um, this is a bag that says Whole Foods on it. Usually this is filled with kombucha juice. If you know, if you're, you all know what kombucha juice is, it's, it's Polynesian for means it stinks and it's horrible. Um, but young people love kombucha juice. I, I, I don't. I just borrowed that from somebody. But I've got some bricks here. <clears throat> and these bricks are from our old church. So, follow this example. A guy named Martin Luther, one of my heroes. Love Martin Luther. I love the way he pursued the Lord. I love the way he loved, tenderly loved his wife. I love the way he loved his children. I love the way he loved the gospel, that he loved music, that he was full of life and energy. He had some blemishes in his character like we all do, but what a guy. So Martin Luther, incredibly serious about God. As a young man, he had an experience, and he surrendered to be a priest, and... He became a priest. He became a monk. And, and Luther was taught that, that uh, when you are born, you're baptized. And so b- baptism would be this stoic. You kind of you get in on the program. You kind of get in on the program when you're baptized. And so after you're baptized, you start doing good works. And, and, and so you build one brick on top of the other. And, but if you do a bad deed, you lose a brick or two. And maybe you go two steps forward and one step back. So, but see, the issue, you never can be sure that you reach the level of being accepted with God. You can't get there. They didn't know what the level was. There's no concept in Luther's mind when he was a monk of being assured of his salvation. He didn't know. He hoped. He hoped. And so one way that you build on your kind of sort of baptism as, as an infant is, is, through, is through confession. And Luther had a man named von Stoppitz he would confess to all the time. And you're supposed to confess over every sin because if you confessed every sin, you would be forgiven. So Luther would go to him and confess. One day he confessed for six hours of what he'd done the previous day. And you think about that. That's amazing. Six hours and von Stoppitz said to him, this is one of the classic statements, it's an overstatement. He said, Luther, please do something worth confessing. He said, kill your mom or your dad. Commit adultery. You're driving me crazy. But, but Luther understood. He said, if I don't confess it, it's not forgiven. And so he was really losing his mind. In fact, this is, let me give you a couple of quotes. He would fast days on end. He said, I almost fasted myself to death for again and again. I went for three days without taking a drop of water or a morsel of food. I was very serious about it. I chose 21 saints and I prayed to three every day when, when I celebrated Mass. Thus, I completed the number every week. He said, and especially I prayed to the Virgin Mary because she could introduce me to, his, to her son who was always angry with me. <laughs> where, do you, where do you get that? Not the Bible. Tradition. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, and who's that? It's Jesus. We don't need saints or intermediaries. Then he said this. He said, whatever work I had done, there would still be a nagging doubt as to whether it pleased God or whether he required something more. 
The experience of all who seek righteousness by works proves that, and I learned it well enough myself over a period of many years to my own great hurt. Luther said, you know, I do this, and I do that, and I do this, and, but, but I, I, never, I, I never knew if I hit the level. And then he did something very dangerous. He studied the Bible. And he came to understand you're saved by faith alone through the work of the cross of Christ alone. And he says, I felt like I went through the doors of, of paradise. And he started this thing called the Reformation to reform the church. But you know, when Luther says, I did and I did and I did and I never realized or understood if I measured up, that's the experience of every major world religion. If you study Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, it's all about what I've got to do to clean myself up, to be acceptable to the God, whatever his name is. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. The glory of the gospel church is that Jesus has done it for us. It's his work. And so that's what Paul says here. You are redeemed. You're redeemed. This is, you know, some of these people were pretty seedy people. Because it says in chapter 1, verse 21, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh. That describes all of us. Hostile in mind, alienated, doing evil deeds, thinking evil thoughts. So, so you don't build bricks on top of some faulty foundation. It's all about Christ. And see, that, that's what Paul says. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and, and forgiveness means that it's just wiped clean it's over. It's done. Do you understand that forgiveness through the work of Christ only? Or are you trying to build a brick edifice to be acceptable? You can never get there. And the thing about, the thing about this forgiveness is, you know, there are, this is exam time for college students, graduate school students. I've had several recurring dreams through the years kind of wild, just kind of the same dream that I remember. But one dream I remember for years after I got out of school was I walked into an exam and they gave the exam and I forgot that they were giving the exam. It probably happened more than I want to admit. But you walk in there and say, well, here's the exam. So, oh, I thought it was next week. Boom, you're discovered. When it comes to the forgiveness of sins, understand they're covered. They're covered. It's done. There was something called the DSV Alvin that was developed in the 60s and did underwater research. And the DS Alvin, DSV Alvin was a, was a research submarine type thing that did enough research. Can you see the picture? It's not there yet. That um, 
Over 2,000 scientific papers were released as the DS Alvin of DVS Alvin went to the depths of the sea. And in, something happened in 1986 that kind of made the world sit on edge. In 1986, there was uh, uh, Dr. Robert Ballard and two companions got in this Alvin and they went deep, deep, deep underwater and they were able to examine at length the remains of the Titanic. And they were to determine certain things that happened when the Titanic went down in 1912 and how it went down and what happened and so forth. They were able to answer questions and the National Geographic produced a special on the Alvin and the discovery about the Titanic. And I, I read that and I thought, you know, that's kind of the way some people fear think about the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, I'm forgiven, but one day people will find out. Now, if you're forgiven, you're forgiven. When I was young, this is, this is really going to be a stretch if you're under 40, I think, maybe 45. When I was young, there was something called the Etch-a-Sketch. Remember that? Okay. Okay, you remember? You don't, you don't know the Etch-a-Sketch, do you? You guys, you do? Okay. So the Etch-a-Sketch was something that you would turn some knobs and you'd make these letters or diagrams or whatever. And then you sketch it, you shake it, and what happens? It's erased. I mean, you can't, you can't find it, it's gone. Thankfully, when it comes to art, anything that can be erased forever is always good when it comes to me. In, in a weird way, that's what happens in the work of Christ. It's gone. And, and some of us are living under incredible guilt that one day we'll be found out, you know what? You're forgiven. You're, you're forgiven. There's no deep, submergible submarine that's going to go to the depths of 35,000 feet and find out something about you and then explode. You're, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows our sin that we have become totally unaware of, and he still loves us. And that's something because of Jesus. When I was... Uh, Years ago, I read a story about this woman. This isn't the best picture of her. Her name is Greta Garbo. Greta Garbo was a, I think she's from Sweden, uh, um, well-known, beloved actress. She never married, never had children, uh, was the star of the 30s and early 40s. She was, she was the it girl. She was everything. And she was talented, and she had incredible beauty. But one day in the 1950s, when she was over 40-ish, she, she'd invested her money very wisely and became a multi-multi-millionaire, and she bought this very large townhouse in Manhattan and basically was never seen again. She would go out in public with a scarf on and big sunglasses with a friend who would... She never gave an interview, never talked to people. She was friends with one person we know of, and maybe other people. Her, her housekeeper became her friend and kind of her confidant. But, but the hypothesis is that Greta Garbo, who was incredibly beautiful, could not handle the fact that she was no longer the it girl. And so she withdrew. And I thought, you know, in my life, when I don't measure up and I'm a found, afraid of being found out as a phony which I am. Don't withdraw. You look to the cross. 
Don't give in to the Greta Garbo effect. Run to the cross of Jesus. Do not let the wonder of this season go by. You know what? If you're a Jesus follower this morning by the, by the grace of the cross, he has delivered you from the dominion of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom there is redemption and the forgiveness of sins. That makes me want to sing joy to the world. You know? That makes me want to give and care and serve and love. That makes me able to walk through difficult situations with difficult people. Because Christ is king. Let's pray. Lord, this is a wonderful time of the year for those who are your people. And, and even, Lord, let us sing with joy. I pray that even tonight there would be a celebration as we sing. I mean a real celebration with great thanksgiving and great joy and great hope. And I pray, Lord, that in your tender mercies uh, you would bless us as your people. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. May that sing in our homes and our hearts. And I bless your holy name. Lord, I pray for people. There are people here today who are hurting. The, the holiday season brings to remembrance either broken relationships or people that have died. Um, so, so, oh God, make us sensitive to each other and make us people who walk through the reality of life with a sense of purpose and peace because we know the shepherd and the king. May we walk in ongoing light uh, by the grace of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.